recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge high atop the Julie Rogers building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, The Beastmaster. In the world of dungeons, dragons, and dar. The Beastmaster. The epic adventure of a new kind of hero. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Yeah, and tonight we're talking about The Beastmaster. I think everybody has seen this movie. <laughs> yes. I I can't imagine there's anybody who hasn't seen this movie. But if you haven't, then listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a fun movie. You know, it, it, you remember it being a real cheesy movie, and it does have some cheesy moments. But it's it's a lot of fun too. It you know? is a lot, and it was of fun. it was more enjoyable than I remember it being. I think because I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it in probably I got I don't know twenty years. Yeah, but back then I had seen it a lot, and this because it one it was on all the time. It was on HBO like nonstop, and it was on regular you know different cable stations showed it a lot too. For some reason, it just got shown a lot. And actually, come to find out, it was shown so much on TBS mm-hmm. and on HBO that some people were calling the TBS the Beastmaster Station. <laughs> That's awesome. And HBO, they said, was stood for, hey, Beastmaster's on. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You Who know, knew? Yeah, right? Little background. This Beastmaster, it's a, if you don't know, it's a sword and sorcery movie, mm-hmm. you know, sandal movie. Came out in eighty two, mm-hmm. same year that Conan came out, the original Conan with Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't realize that was the same year. Yeah, yeah, they both came out in eighty two. Very different films. Oh, yeah, very definitely. Different. Of course, Conan, which you know, maybe we'll do a podcast on Conan because I absolutely love that film to death. Yeah, and uh, more of a serious uh, in tone. This is a little more light. Yeah, you know, and like I said, I keep using fun because it was it's a fun film. It it's is not. Fun. It's got some drama, but it's not dramatic, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not emo. It's it's just a fun, uh, you know, hack and slash movie. Yeah, it is. It's uh, loosely based on a novel. Very loosely <laughs> based on a novel by I, I think it's Andre Andre Norton Andre Norton mm-hmm. called The Beastmaster. Uh, it was written in fifty nine, right? And I read a little a short description of the novel. Oh yeah. What all was different? Could you tell? Everything. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why I, I'm kind of, I need to do a little more research on the novel mm-hmm. to find out what was similar. So was it <laughs> actually a used. novel or a short story? Uh, it said it's a novel. It is a the novel. Thing I, the thing I read, yeah. I haven't read it. And the character's name, the lead character's name was completely different. And it's more of a science fiction movie, a science fiction movie, science fiction novel than a sword and sorcery novel. I think that's what it was saying. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Very weird, though. But anyway, so the story is we it opens up in the long ago, and and this takes place in the that mythical sword and sorcery era. Yeah. <laughs> All these movies takes place the in. the no time sword and sorcery era. Yeah, but it starts off with this king of this land going towards this temple to I guess raid this priest who's practicing the dark arts or what have you, and it's Rip Torn is the priest. Yes, which you know, great choice, and. The priest, his witches, who see everything for him, tell him that he's going to be killed by the king's unborn son. 
Right. So his master plan is he has to make a sacrifice of the unborn child so to his god R. R. Which is like, you know, yeah. the pirate god, I guess. <laughs> R. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so he tells the king this, and the king says, Nay, nay. <laughs> nay, nay, I say. <laughs> and they try to capture him, and he gets away, and later on, or no, I think they do cap, they do take him. But one of his witches comes in the middle of the night and takes the baby out of the king's wife's womb. Yeah. With by magic, mm-hmm. and it appears in this cow's womb, mm-hmm. and then she takes a cow out to some field and apparently cuts the baby out and is going to sacrifice it. And this guy, do 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 do, comes walking along, sees what happens along. Yeah, he uh, dispatches the witch and then takes the baby back to his village, raises the baby as his own, and we see it. You know, it's just a quick, a couple, actually, just one scene of him as a child. I think. Yeah. And the father's teaching him the sword, and this bear comes out and attacks one of the villagers. And then we see that the kid has a way with animals. He can talk to animals, like Dr. Doolittle. And and the father's like, you have to hide this ability, only by you know. Flash forward to he's an adult. The village gets attacked by the the Jun horde or the Jun priests, which are these berserkers. Yeah. Kind of. And everybody gets killed except our lead hero, Dar, who gets... Who is saved by his dog? Yeah, who he's fighting. Sacrifices himself. It was terribly sad. Yeah, he's fighting. He gets knocked unconscious, and the dog pulls him off the battlefield. But and then shot. the dog gets shot Ugh. with an arrow. Yeah, it was horrible. It was sad. It was very. But he was sad. a hero dog. He was a hero yeah. dog. He still managed to save Dar. Yeah, and uh, and that's the lead character, Dar, Mark Singer, who <laughs> is ripped. Yeah, not an <laughs> ounce of body fat on the dude in this. He was cut like yeah. a champ. So he. Is you know leaves to go after to find these guys. That's his mission in life now. And he runs into some. Along the way, he finds these other animals that become his friends. Mm-hmm. A couple of ferrets who steal things for him. Kodo and Poto. Kodo and Poto who travel with him, and then he saves this black tiger from these guys, from these bad guys, and the tiger starts traveling with him. What was oh, his and name? before that, it's a hawk. Rue. 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 Yeah, I can't say it right. Yeah, but that's and it. uh, and this a hawk or an eagle yeah. travels with him too. Yes, and that's his eyes. Yes, and the tiger's his strength. And then he meets up with James Evans, <laughs> senior James Evans, senior James Evans, senior. Yeah, he's <laughs> John really Amos. good in this. Yeah, though. John Amos. He's he's cool he's in this, really but John good. Amos is a barbarian who has the king's son, who apparently the king had remarried along the way somewhere, and he had, had another, another son. son. Yeah. Uh, Dar does not know that he anything about his past. I yeah, don't think. he doesn't know he's the king's son. Yeah, and they they have left the city and trying to raise an army. Dar has since gone to this city and seen what's going on, and left again. Yeah, well, he's really after oh, the horde. Right. Yeah, he, yeah, he's after the Jun horde, but he saved this little girl and he took it back to the city. Yeah, and so he hooks up with these guys and they end up meeting up with uh, Donna's mom from that '70s show. <laughs> And Who is the uh, Tanya I guess, Roberts? <laughs> yeah, he's that would be the prince's the, the young cousin. prince's cousin. Yeah, who in essence would be Dar's cousin. Yeah, that's right. Well, if his third cousin is okay, though. Oh, is, is well, if she's okay. a if if she's a cousin to this kid's mom, then she's not Dar's cousin only by marriage. Well, now I'm not very confused, <laughs> so I have no idea if they're related or not. They hook up. No, they don't hook up. Well, actually, they did hook up. <laughs> I'll tell you about that in a second. Okay. 
And so they all get together in a big battle and blah, 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 blah. So you'll have to watch the movie to sell that. We're not going to go through every little detail. But there are some really cool scenes. There's the one scene where, mm -hmm. during the part where Dar is traveling to find the city or find did, the jungle. Did you work in all of the people as you got through that? Oh, I mean the actors? The synopsis, yeah. Well, okay. Mark Singer, mm -hmm. Rip Torn, mm -hmm. John Amos, mm -hmm. Tanya Roberts, mm -hmm. and three or four other people that, you know, who gives a shit? We don't know their names. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Okay. Most importantly, <laughs> Kodo and Poto. Oh, and Kodo and Poto. Yeah. They're awesome. And yeah. I do I do feel bad for the uh, tiger. Well, I guess it's supposed to be a black tiger. I don't know what it's supposed to be, yeah. but it's a tiger they painted black, which is horrible because I know that's so bad for they them. They dyed but... it black, not painted. But, well, okay. Dyed okay. it black, which is just as bad. Before I get to this, I want to talk about the animals for a second. There were four tigers used to play Rue. And... There were cases of Lady Clairol on set to dye the tiger's fur. Because every time you drink tigers. water, it would wash off around the mouth. There's a few scenes where you can see you his can, mouth yeah. is like whiter. <laughs> yeah, and you can see when the light hits, you can see the stripes through the dye. Yeah. You know? Originally, Cosc oh, oh, and this was directed by Don Coscarelli, by the way. Oh, Fantastic. right. I don't know why we didn't yeah. mention that already. Which right there, I knew I would like it. You yeah. Know? He wanted a leopard to play the part of Rule. <laughs> but the animal trainer convinced him they're not very trainable. They're not mm -hmm. as dependable. How about using a tiger instead? So that's what uh, they did. Why didn't they just use a tiger and leave it a tiger? I don't know. He wanted a black panther looking thing, I guess. And they're not trainable either. Or not very, you know, very trainable anyway. The eagle, I think it was an eagle or was a hawk? I think it was an eagle. I mean, because it was, it was either a really big hawk. Because that yeah. thing picked up a child. Yeah, that true. was probably yeah. oh, like it, five it was years an eagle. old. It was an eagle. It was an eagle. Okay. And they had problems with it, though, because a lot of times it would refuse to fly on cue. Uh -huh. So they, I don't know why, they dropped it out of the bottom of a hot air balloon. Oh my God. To, well, it would just, it fly. It's not like it fell. Well, I know, <laughs> but, but to still. make it fly so they could get the shots. Wow. That's what they did. Now, Kodo and Poto. The ferrets? They're amazing. There were 25 different ferrets used Holy to moly. play Kodo and Poto because they are not, ferrets are not trainable either. <laughs> so to get them to go where they wanted to go, they yeah. lured them with food. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. That's how you train so, most animals. Yeah. But, you know, some, you can train animals to do things on cue, certain animals, you yes. know, and by commands, not ferrets. Well, why would you <laughs> train a ferret? I mean, you know, they're just little thieves by nature. Mm -hmm. And that's what they are in the movie, too. That's true. Now, Oh, talking about Tanya Roberts, they're playing Kiri. Were we? I thought we were talking about Kodo and Poto. Well, I'm talking about wild animals. <laughs> <laughs> but Demi Moore auditioned for the part. Really? An 18-year-old Demi Moore. Well, I'm glad she didn't get it. Coscarelli wanted Demi Moore for the part. Well, I'm but glad he didn't get her. the producers wanted Tanya Roberts. Yay, producers. Yeah, it'd be interesting you know, Demi's okay. I'm I'm not a big Demi fan. Well, I'm not a big fan of hers either. But when she was younger, to see what direction she would could have gone. Yeah, in, maybe. You know, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it would have been very different. Yeah, for sure. Know. I like Tanya Roberts in this. Yeah, she was all right. I mean, she had. I mean, some she of wasn't her like her lines were a little stiff. Well, yeah, it's not like know. she's like this great actress, but I thought she yeah. looked like the part she should be. Oh yeah, really well. So. Oh, she's good looking. All right. Indeed. Um, the kid playing the young prince mm -hmm. was not allowed on set when they were using the tiger in the same shot oh yeah for safety reasons they would yeah. have it they would shoot him from the back and have a small stunt man with a wig like his hmm. hair 
So the tiger could maul anybody else, but not the child. Yeah, and apparently, you know, that bear at the beginning, yeah, you see, uh, did turn on his trainer. Really? During the movie? That scene. Holy the first moly. Time, first, first time they started filming that scene, he turned on the trainer. Wow. And everybody went running to their oh like, vehicles gosh. and stuff to you know, hide and stuff yeah. until they got the bear back under control. Is he okay? Uh, I, th- I, don't, I don't remember what they said about it. Wow. Yeah. Why would he you didn't tell die, me this though. information I mean, and then not tell me if the trainer was okay? Well, I, he didn't die. I would have had that information. <laughs> that would have been first and foremost at the, uh, you know, the info there on it. Did he lose an eye? Did he lose a limb? What happened? No, I think he just got scratched up. They, they said they got him under control and then they you know, continued yeah. on. Okay. So was that real blood they used in the scene? No, no, that wasn't real blood. See, that but, would have been but, so much better. But if you look... The now the edi- story could have been so much if cooler. If you look at the editing, though, yeah, he's got blood on his mouth. Then he doesn't have blood. And then he doesn't have blood on his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> blood on, he doesn't. There's lots of weird editing flaws in this, but you know what? That's It leads to the charm of the film. Yeah. The, the original choice that they wanted for Mayax, mm-hmm. Rip Torn's part... What a really dumb name. I'm sorry. What, Rip Torn? Mayax. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the character names in this were kind of wanting... I yeah. think well, there's R is the is the god, <laughs> Mayax is the, is the priest, Dar is the leader. Kodo and Podo are yeah. awesome. Seth, that's okay. Seth, Seth's okay. That's John Amos. Uh, Tal is the prince. Kiri, Kiri's okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah, but they're just like just vowels. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you see what the names were in the book? Just the lead character's name. He had like a first name and a last name. So it wasn't Dar? No, it was a multi-syllable name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm curious what the, the other characters' names were, yeah. if they but, were anything similar. Yeah, but Klaus Kinski. Mm-hmm. Did I just say that? No. Okay, Klaus Kinski is who they wanted for Mayax at first, or who Coscarelli wanted, but they couldn't come to an agreement financial in, in negotiations. Ah. He wanted too much money, I guess. And who was that? I'm sorry. Oh, Klaus Kinski? Yes. God, he's been in tons of shit. Give me something. Uh, the remake, they did a Nosferatu in the late 70s. They okay. Nosferatu. Gotcha. And uh, just tons of other stuff I can't... It, I'm terrible with names, so... I've never cared for him. I mean, he's a good actor. I just... He just... I've just never cared for him, though. Yeah. Yeah, he's creepy as hell looking. That's mm, for sure. Right. Uh, Natasha Kinski's dad. Oh, the one thing. Now, I might have to look, see... if. The Blu-ray of Beastmaster. See mm-hmm. what, the, what the extras are? I might have to get it. There is a deleted scene, at least one that I found out about. Oh, yeah? There was a sex scene. Kiri and Dar get it on. <laughs> After the king banishes Dar mm-hmm. before they have the you know try to attack the temple, mm-hmm. and he leaves and she comes after him, they had a sex scene. Hmm. And... <laughs> Apparently it was so cold. They were on location filming that, you know. Yeah. It was so cold that as soon as they finished the the scene, a few crew members ran up and threw like their coats or blankets over Tanya Roberts. Oh wow! Because <laughs> it was so cold out there. Jeez. So more naked Tanya Roberts. <laughs> Why they didn't leave that in, I'll never know. Who knows? Oh, so, no, another what... one of the inconsistencies is mm-hmm. when the witch brands the baby's hand with the symbol of. R. Yeah. Uh, she brands the baby's right hand. When oh, Dar is an adult, it's, it's on his, his left, left hand. hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it magic. magically <laughs> transfers. So we watched this for the first time in hundreds of years, it felt like. Yeah. Not long ago. And I didn't remember a whole lot about, like, I remembered key things. I remembered there mm-hmm. was a Kodo and Podo. I remembered the panther 
tiger, whatever. Yeah. I remembered the eagle. Yeah. I remembered Dar, obviously. Yeah. And I remembered those creatures that you haven't talked about yet. Yeah. There, well, you know, there's distinctly different acts of the film. Yeah. You know, there's the, sure. the the pre the pre not prequel, but the you know beginning prologue basically that shows yeah. when he was a baby and yeah, what yeah. happens there. Right. And then there's the scene of him as a young man and then as an adult mm-hmm. with the village. Right. And then after that, he leaves the village and he's wandering to, f- to find the Jun Horde. And then he c- the, he comes across these creatures. Yeah. And he he's just walking through the forest and ends up wherever they live. You know, <laughs> somehow. It's not even in a cave, really. It's just no. this... It's like a copse of trees in the middle of a desert is what it kind of yeah. seems like. It's like trees and there's nothing around it anywhere yeah. else. It's really weird. And... Anyway, he gets in there and he there's this, like an altar and there's a bird symbol, like a raven or something mm-hmm. in stone and this guy in a cage and he lets the guy out and then he turns around and there's these guys. Yeah. And they're tall. Yeah. What, about eight feet tall? Probably about eight feet tall. And they have no mouth. They have eyes and tall heads and they have their arms are crossed and it looks like... Like, imagine bat wings that... Are as long as your arms that you wrap around yourself. Yeah, they go as to if the they were yeah, as if you had bat wings yeah, on like your they had arms. Like a cape attached to their arms. Yeah. And anyway, the guy that guy runs away, and the one of the creatures opens his arms, and the guy runs into him, and he closes the cape arms around him, right. and you see the feet, you know, flopping yeah. at, at the bottom, and then all this goo draining down, and the yep. creature opens his arms, and bones fall out. Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> it is, it's really awesome, yeah. And they're advancing on Dar slowly, and he's got his sword out, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yep. And all of a sudden, his eagle comes and lands on his arm. Yeah. And they, like, slowly back away, because their symbol, or their god, is the is this bird, this right. hawk or this eagle. Yeah. And so they let him go. And as he's going, um, one of the creatures grabs his sword, and then slides this medallion down it mm-hmm. and he takes it and, and backs away and backs leaves off, yep. and that comes into play later right now talking about his sword which i have to it's a really cool sword it is pretty cool sword. it's kind of a cross between a katana and a scimitar yeah more like a katana but as it gets to the end it gets a little wider and has kind of a scimitar shape to it mm-hmm. really pretty damn cool yeah the thing that sucks about it is Apparently, after the shoot, the sword was stolen. Oh, wow. And, I mean, I guess they only had one hero sword. Yeah. Because I read an interview years ago with uh, Mark Singer and said how pissed he was that the sword was stolen because he really liked it, you know? Oh, yeah. And if you see, they did make two sequels to this. Oh. I know there was a TV show, but... Yeah, yeah. We tried to watch one episode of the TV show. Couldn't get through one episode. It was awful. We couldn't get 10 minutes into one episode. it was awful. Yeah. But the sequel, Beastmaster 2, Through the Portal of Time, eh, I remember I remember trying to watching it once and not being that crazy about it. Mm. Mainly because he had a different sword. <laughs> Sword's important, folks. Yeah. Well, it is. Because it's, that's, I mean, think about, you know, Arnold's Conan sword. Mm-hmm. If he's playing Conan, he didn't have that sword, he ain't Conan. I mean, you know, <laughs> Highlander without his dragon katana, it ain't Highlander. Okay. <laughs> Okay, to us that is very true. I'm well, thinking it to is. some people. It's, it's iconic. Not. <laughs> it's iconic. It's like an iconic image associated with the character. Yes. Okay. And it's such a big part of who the character is. Yeah. 
in the next film, of course, the sword was stolen, so that he just has his straight broadsword, and I think it, the hilt has like animals on it or something, you know, Beastmaster. Mm-hmm. Get it? Right. Yeah, yeah. And from what I remember, I think he's in the long ago time, and then goes through some portal, ends up in today in our world. Okay, well that's dumb. Yes, yeah, that's really dumb. And I don't remember anything else about it. So I think Carrie Wurr was in it. I think maybe Richard Lynch might have been a bad guy. I don't know. They did, I didn't know this, they made a third sequel with Mark Singer called Beastmaster 3, The Eyes of Braxis. Made for TV sequel. Oh. Probably crap. Yeah, I'm most guessing. likely. But I gotta look for it and try to find it because I've never seen it. You know. <laughs> so now we've got to know. Yeah, we got to watch it. But yeah, and there was that the TV show now. I think he, uh, Mark Singer, did make a cameo in a couple episodes of the TV show hmm. later on. Gotcha. Which I could care less because he wasn't playing a Beastmaster. Right. I did meet him at Dragon Con one year. Got a Beastmaster picture sign. Really nice guy. Seemed yeah. a little distracted by mm. everything that was going on, but he was very pleasant. Yeah. And, you know, smiled and all. It was nice and cool guy. I would like to have talked to him about the sword, you know, but. <laughs> Didn't get to do that. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of sword and sorcery type pictures coming out around this time. Mm -hmm. And most of them fall into that super cheesy category. You know, there's some that people like and remember fondly, I guess, because when you see it as a kid and and it sticks with you, you know. Mm -hmm. And this is, I guess this one is that one for me in a way. Because it is, it's got some very cheesy parts to it, but it's still really a lot of fun and still really good. Now, Conan, on the other hand, which we'll talk about in length at another podcast, I saw it the same year. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I probably saw Beastmaster later because I didn't see that in the theater. I saw that on cable. But I saw Conan 82 when it came out, and I want to say at the Great Bridge Twin Theater. Where you saw many films. I saw many films. Uh, I believe that is where I went to see it. Blew me away. Loved it to death. Because it's so far beyond the cheesy sword and sorcery flicks that were out. Yeah. It had been coming out at the time. Right. Uh, and it was just a totally different film. You know, really good. Now, the Conan connection to Beastmaster, Coscarelli was uh, De Laurentiis, who directed Conan, really likes Beastmaster. Okay. He offered Conan the Destroyer, the sequel, he offered it to Coscarelli to direct. Hmm. And Coscarelli turned it down because he thought the script was awful. Oh, and wow. he was right. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been interesting. See Coscarelli direct Arnold in a Conan film. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, this one was, it actually was, I don't know, sad because of well, the, it, it does have the some, animal stuff was sad. Yeah. Well, we'll go ahead and, you know, we do spoilers all the time. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, we already talked the dog, about the dog. The dog died. And the dog's only not, it, the dog's not in it very long, but, you know, that doesn't matter. You, you kill a dog in a movie and that's it, you know. You, yeah, you're, you're yeah. You, you, you're Screw those guys. That's right. One of the ferrets, Kodo or Podo. It's Kodo. Kodo sacrifices himself. Yeah, to save To save Dar. them and ends up dying. Yeah. But at the but end. But he does it. Oh my God. He's, he's so amazing to save him though. Yeah. Oh, it was so sad. He leaps on this guy's face. <laughs> he and does and like starts gnawing on his neck but it throws the guy off balance and he, he falls. He goes into the oh, fire. Yeah. It was but amazing. then at the end of the film when Dar's you know everything's yay you see Poto come out of the pack Dar's yeah. pack that he travels in yeah. with two baby ferrets coming out. Yeah. So Poto was yeah. pregnant. Aww. 
So, you know, it's like, aww. <laughs> <laughs> Little Kodo. Yeah. He was sad. Yeah, it was, it was cold, though. But, oh, and, you know, I was talking about the different, the different acts of the film. Yeah. Well, you know, you get to the, the point where, they're, okay, they're going to go take over the, they're going to take back the city. Yeah. And they fail miserably. Yes, they do. Dar comes in, saves the day. Mm-hmm. Yay, we've defeated Mayax and all that. And you're like, hey, yeah, all right. And then they're like, but now the Jun Horde is coming. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's another battle now. <laughs> now there's, yeah, that's right. It's like, that could have been the end of the movie. You forgot about the Juns. Yeah, you know? that's right. And then there's this big battle. Because that was his initial, the whole reason that he had to That to was Dar's leave. whole motivation, yeah. yeah. Because the Jun Horde took out his whole village. Yeah, and the lead bad guy in that is kind of cool because he never says anything. No. You never see his face. He's got this helmet that you only see his eyes through and has these big bat wings coming off it like Thor's helmet, you know? Yeah. Except it's like a... Ma- it's huge. Hockey mask with no holes in it. <laughs> and he, then he has this big mace-like club mm-hmm. that he flips a switch or something and these blades come out four blades on each mm-hmm. side and then he has a, a chain where he can spin it around over his head and a flail with it yep. so it's pretty pretty fearsome weapon yeah there's some pretty cool fight scenes in here the fights were okay I mean, no, they I weren't mean, bad neat. well i mean they're not they're obviously not yeah great at their jobs but i mean they're well, neat they, it was they a very were... low budget film and they didn't have yeah. a lot of time to do a, a lot of practice right, right. and rehearsal with it i guess i mean the fights the fight scenes are are competent yes but some of them are a little sloppy well yeah i'm not saying it's know? like great but for what yeah. we're getting for beastmaster they're pretty cool Oh yeah yeah they're not super they're not super cheesy fight scenes yeah, yeah. no that's what no, i'm yeah. saying for for this kind of movie and as cheesy as some of the things do come yeah. across from time to time it's not as bad as you would expect oh, it yeah. to be yeah I do and like... huge fire oh yeah big fire <laughs> big big pit of fire big 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 fire yeah, fire pit fire tar fire, fire tar fire moat <laughs> tar fire moat yeah the moat of fire uh, yeah, their stuntman got their pay that day. Yeah. <laughs> they earned it. <laughs> no kidding. Giant the, now, fire. The witches, though. Yeah. Makes you feel dirty looking at them because <laughs> it's maybe that one shot. Bodies that won't quit. Well, it's so funny, and I know they do it on purpose. The first time you see them, they're like all they're around the cauldron. You know, typical three witches around yeah. the cauldron. You, and they've you got get, like you see them from and the back and ratty capes. Yeah, well, kind of, but the capes are very, very thin because yeah. like half of their body is visible. They're yeah. all writhing around the yeah. thing, being all sexy. And then the first time you see their faces, you're like, ah, yeah. What's well, like their that one shot where all screwed the guys up. saved uh, the. The da- baby Dar by the fire, mm-hmm. and he turns around in the witch, and it, the camera pans up from her feet to those legs that won't quit. Oh yeah, across that little thin bikini, upper that cut waist, yep, up to that rack, right, to die for, and then you know bare arms and shoulders, and then it gets to that face, you're like, because <laughs> it's this twisted, you know, gnarly, wrinkled face with like one eye squinty and right ratty hair and you know, jacked up teeth and all this. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, that's just won't write. That just won't write. <laughs> it's a witch. Evil witch. <laughs> what do you expect for a witch of the pirate god? R. <laughs> there are no pirates in this movie, obviously. Oh, oh my favorite. This is just me. <laughs> my favorite part is it, so relevant to shit that's going on today without, oh, no. without trying to get too political because I hate political crap. 
But when Mayax is <laughs> trying to sacrifice the child oh, in front of great. everybody, trying yeah, to push yeah. the child down into the fire, and then the eagle comes and grabs the child and takes off with the child, mm-hmm. and the people are like, oh. And they think R has, and has saved the child or yeah, whatever. And Mayax is like, oh, God, how can I spin this? And he's like, you see? You see? R has spoken. He wants your children. <laughs> it's like, oh, really, dude? Yeah, well, that's kind of like what the media is doing now with all kinds of crap. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, but I love Rip Torn, though. I'll watch him in anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and every, you know, everybody knows Rip Torn. He was Zed in Men in Black movies. Mm-hmm. He was Artie in the Larry Sanders show, which was probably one of his best roles. He was hilarious in that. And just, oh, God, he's just been in tons of stuff over the years. Yeah. Just passed away uh, a little while ago. Oh. Yeah. That's sad. Apparently, he and Tom Lee Jones did not get along in Men in Black. Really? They hated each other. Huh. Both from Texas. Both Texans, <laughs> but they hated each other. This movie was a five and a half month shoot, and most of it was location stuff, and uh, the indoor stuff, I think, was at, uh, was it MGM Studios? The lot they used for that? I can't remember. Which I guess is pretty average length of a shoot, or something like this, I don't know. Now... We watched this. Where did we watch this? Was it on one of the Roku channels? Amazon, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Oh okay, yeah, so it's on Amazon Prime. You can watch it anytime. It it may be on another streaming channel. I don't know. I I'm surprised that I don't have this. Uh, yeah, me now too. I had it on VHS recorded off HBO <laughs> when I was a kid. I am, but I'm surprised I don't have a physical copy of this yet. I'm gonna need to remedy that because I'm sure I know I'll watch this again. Yes, I and imagine that you will. I, you know, I've got to have my own physical copy because I don't trust streaming services. It's a nice convenience, but all of a sudden you go back one day and want to watch something and they've taken it off. Yeah, like what's happening now. We're not going to go there. Yeah. Oh, hey, so one of our favorite favorite scenes that we almost forgot about oh. when they're filling the, the tar pit to make it look like oh. ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're trying to pull the bridge away. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, John Amos is like, pull! Pull for your freedom. <laughs> but the way he says it is great. <laughs> he means that. He does. I mean, honestly, the movie, it is a lot of different acts, like Rob said. but And it's a little disjointed, honestly. I mean, it, it flows fine. Yeah. I say disjointed because it feels like you just... You kind of jump from scene to scene. They yeah, don't. Well, they don't travel much. They just kind of show up places. Yeah, and when they do travel, it's like, wait, wait a minute. You were just why? Yeah, why did wh- you go that way? What just happened? Well, there's that one scene I told you I was having the problem with when the the girl is in the city and she's a slave. Yeah, along with these other girls. Right, and they're gonna take her somewhere else to sacrifice her. Yeah, even though the the temple has the they sacrifice. The altar. They just sacrifice somebody at the <laughs> altar on the. T- so why they take the only reason they're taking her away. Is so that Dar and John Amos and and the, the prince prince can rescue her on the little raft yeah, thing somewhere else, and they can all go back to the city and not because if they were go to if they were to go to the city to rescue her, mm-hmm. that would be a thing in and of itself, and that would screw up the next scene they're trying to do. They wouldn't yeah. be able to do that. I, yeah. I guess they could, but it's weird. It's like why were they taking? These priests taking these slave girls somewhere else to be sacrificed. And why wasn't Mayax there to do it? Yeah, you, you can't think about it too hard. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about the uh, the berserker creatures that 
they were creating. Oh yeah, when they go back, they're, the weird they're going spike back. Hands. Yeah, they do go back. Well, see, they go back to the city to rest to try to rescue the king. Yeah, so they could have broke her out too. So I don't know why they didn't do. But anyway, once they go back, when they go no, back, she to, was with him at that point. Yeah, but yeah. why didn't they? Just I don't get them all know. in one pop. Anyway, no idea. So they go to rescue the king. Sneak him out in the middle of the night, and in the temple, what what do they call that? Death guards or something. Yeah, something I can't remember. like that. But they put stuff in these guys' ears and drive them insane, and they become these berserker death guards. And they have these spiked gloves and spiked boots, and they mm-hmm. clamp their face in this helmet. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like the berserker beast in uh, Nightbreed. Yeah. They're just mindless just, engines of destruction. Yeah, no fear. Just yeah. go kill things. That's yeah. all they're out there for. We don't see them again. I think just in that one scene, they you a see bunch them, of them there. And at one point, when they're first coming or when they're like running through the city, you see a bunch of them running after them. I mean, that's still that scene. That's oh still yeah, that yeah. Scene. And that's it. Yeah, it's the ceiling. I mean, it's kind of they're almost wasted because yeah. Why did you even bother introducing them? The most you see is when Kodo and Podo stole the keys and he's chasing them. Yeah, it was just for that, really. <laughs> yeah, I think that was it, just so he could chase the ferrets. But they get they kill a few of them when they let the gate fall on them yeah. and impale them with that. But then what happened to them after? Because <laughs> that wasn't know. all of them. That was just two or three of them. No idea. I don't know. Apparently, it's cool, not though. important. Yeah, they're kind of cool. But yeah, like this, it's a it's kind of a bunch of different, almost disjointed scenes, but not really disjointed. Yeah. It's hard to explain. <laughs> it is. It's weird. And then you know the whole time this guy Dar never knows that he's the son of the king so i mean technically he's the true heir so when the the king they get the king out and he's blind and he's pretty much raving nearly mad yeah but he's gonna basically sacrifice himself and everybody to go attack the to take the city back take the city back and attack them and dar tries to tell him don't do that you know we need to we need to all stand together and and plan better and the king just shoots him down and tells calls him, him a coward because he doesn't want to. Yeah, even though city. Dar's the only reason that anybody got anything done because yeah. he saved everybody. But so he calls him a coward, and, and the king doesn't know who he is, and I don't know how he finally figures it out. Who Dar? No, the king. Oh, the um, Mayax tells him just before he kills him. Oh yeah, just right as he kills him. Yeah, that that's his son. I think Dar Your heard him. Scent is here, Zed. Yeah, or something like that. And I think Dar heard him, but he they never acknowledge that in the movie. Well, no, they do. No, Dar doesn't. Yes, he does. Does he? At the very oh, end. Oh, right, right, he's right. He's leaving. When, when um, he's got to be on his way, and uh, John Amos comes right. up to him, and he sees his hand. He says, he grabs his wrist. And says, you're the unborn son. You're That's the firstborn. Right. Yep, I forgot it's that It's you part. who should be king. Yeah. And he, says, and he tells him, nah. <laughs> yeah. He said, yeah, you have a king. Yeah, he'll, he'll make, make a, a good He'll king. make a good king, and he's always, already got the strongest right arm anyone could ask for, meaning John Amos, yeah. his character. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot the other weapon the Beastmaster has. Oh, the yeah. The K-Bar. Right. Which is this gl- throwing bladed glaive thing that looks like four... Axe heads at two at one end and two at the other, kind of in an S shape. Yeah, kind of. That he throws and it uh, kind of like a does like a boomerang thing. Yeah. yeah, and he only uses it a couple times. He That's ends up neat. giving that to Seth to give to the prince. Yeah, uh, for as a new king, which kind of sucks because you know he should have kept that. This is <laughs> uh, his another one of his signature weapons. 
I was looking. I was looking for those online. You know, just looking for pictures, and I find out where somebody has a three D printable pattern you can download <laughs> of the K bar. Well, maybe you need to do that. Well, I need to get three D printer first. The pattern will do well, me a bit of good. We can get somebody to print it for you. <laughs> it will have to do that. Indeed. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, there's lots of cool scenes. I mean, the visuals are neat. The the Oh yeah, it's the shot acting well. is not crap. I mean, there's some it's, some okay stuff yeah. and some not so great stuff, but it's fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah. What's well, like the, the one It's of, quick to watch. Uh, you're talking about one of the fun scenes is when he first meets Tanya Roberts' character, yeah. Dar. Oh, that was he's funny. He's spying on her and this other slave girl, you know, skinny dipping in the river there, and he's like, "Hey, check this out." They're kind of grinning and and she's coming swimming, and he talks to his ferrets, and they go and steal her clothes. Yeah. And she's running after him, and then the tiger shows up, and she freezes, and he comes up behind her and says, don't move, this beast is fierce, he's, but you have to show him who's boss, or whatever he says. And he puts her behind him, and he walks forward a little bit, and he kind of looks back over his shoulder, like cuts his eyes and kind of grins like, yeah, I got this. You know? Yeah. And he looks at the tiger and is like, and he, he cuts his eyes like, go on, get out of here. You know? The tiger lays down, and he's like, come on, go. And then he yells, and the tiger gets up and walks away. <laughs> Very nonchalant. And and then he, like, Dar grins to himself and turns around with his chest puffed out. Well, you know, I saved your life, but I'll take this in payment. Or you owe me your life. And he starts to kiss her, and he looks over, and he opens his eyes, and the tiger's head walked up behind him and is laying down. And he, like, (laughs) moves his, like, go. Help the brother out. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Definitely one I'll watch again, and not, you know, hopefully... Won't be as long the next time as it was from the previous time, because it is fun, and I love sword movies. Yeah. And period films like that are a lot of fun, you know. Indeed. So, but we'll have to look at Ford on Blu-ray. Yeah, and we got to find the third one now, just because I got to know. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to look that up and see if we can oh, oh, sit through it. We'll try. Yeah. Anywho, I guess that's about it. I think so. That's about all I got on this one. Amazon Prime, probably easiest way to see it, or, you know, get yourself to Blu-ray or the DVD. Indeed. Well, we have one thing to do. Yes. Yes, we do. We have to prove once again that the world does revolve around Planet of the Apes. Much like the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, we discovered many years ago, Clayton and I, that we could connect anything back to Planet of the Apes because, you know, the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. Right on. So give me something from Beastmaster. Something from or somebody Beastmaster. Or, yeah. Well, I can't decide if we want to do John Amos or Mark Singer. Which one do you want to do? Oh, it don't matter. Hit me. We haven't ever done either one of them, have we? Don't think so. Let's do John Amos. John Amos. Okay. John Amos. <laughs> was on the Mary Tyler Moore show the first season. Okay. As a sportscaster. Mm-hmm. Ed Asner, plays Luke Grant, is one of the voices on Gargoyles, the animated show. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Frakes mm-hmm. is one of the voices. Jonathan Frakes was on Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Mark Leonard played Serac on Next Generation, and Mark Leonard was Urko in the Planet of the Apes TV show in the 70s. There you go. <laughs> Well done. Once again, you have proven the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. And there there may have been an even quicker 
uh, way to go. I'm sure there but, is. You know, if I can remember all the guest stars that showed up on Good Times, I'm sure one of them <laughs> would have gotten you there. Yeah. But anyway, so there you go. Most people forget that John Amos was actually on Mary Tyler Moore because he yeah. was only on, I don't the know if he was season. on the entire first season mm. or just part of the first season, but then he got offered the lead in Good Times. Oh, so that he went to Good Times from yeah. there. Okay, cool. Well, I think he chose wisely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Guess that's it. That's all I got. So until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.